Hello Voices, my name is Joe Choi and I'm a multi-award-winning voiceover and host of a voiceover's audio adventure podcast. A bi-weekly show where I learn about the voiceover and audio industry and share with you all the stories, tips and tricks along the way. Anytime we consume visual media, whether that's film, TV, adverts, video games, I can go on. We are so wowed by what we see and often take for granted the sound elements which make the whole experience possible. Sounds such as music composition, um, sound effects and sound placements to name a few. These elements are so integral to not only visual media, but media itself. Today's adventure is about sound design. The deeper I get into production with the podcast and working on amazing new projects all the time, I see more and more how complex putting together a project from a sound point of view is. Once my job is done as a performer, I'm done. But sound designers really need to be on the front foot from the beginning to the end and be thinking about where the sound will be placed at all times. I'm going to shut up now and take a step back as I want to hear more about what kind of projects they do how you become a sound designer, and more. Let's hear from a couple of experts. My name's Gareth Fry, and I'm a freelance sound designer, which I've been doing since about 1996. Uh, I started off specialising in theatre sound design, creating shows such as Harry Potter and the Cursed Child and Complicité's The Encounter, but I also work on special events such as the opening ceremony of the 2012 Olympic Games. Uh, I work a lot with museums, creating sound design for exhibitions. I've just been working with the VNA in London on their new exhibition, Diva. And over the last few years, I've been doing more and more work in VR and XR technologies. One of the most valuable skills you need to be a sound designer is communication skills and the ability to sell your work. Obviously, you've got to be good at working with sound and understanding dramaturgically how to tell a story with sound, but you've also got to be able to sell those ideas to a director or producer and get them on board as well. I think that's something that it took me a long time to learn, that it's not just enough for the ideas to stand by themselves. You need to sell them a bit. You need to give your collaborators a context for why this is a good concept and why it will help tell the story or whatever it is you're trying to do with the sound. One of the best parts of my job is when I'm working in live theatre because that's when I get to experience how a live audience react to my work. It's something you don't really get when you do studio-based work. In the studio, you create the work and then you send a file off into the ether and then some months later, people will hear it and respond to it. But working in theatre, there's a much more direct connection between what I create and an audience hearing it and responding to it. A piece of advice I'd give to aspiring sound designers is to go out here and see as much different work as possible across many different fields, film, theatre, fine art, architecture, music, everything is useful and relevant and analyse that work. Why is it good or bad? What worked? What didn't work? Can you work out the choices they made and how they got from their intentions to their final product? Because when we're creating something, it's often artistic in nature. There's a degree of subjectivity about it. You have to know your own aesthetic taste, what constitutes good sound design to you, what constitutes bad sound design to you. And it's only when you've really established your own aesthetic baseline of what's good and what's bad that you can really begin to articulate what you want to achieve or to aspire to and why you want to make one artistic decision over another. 
Also, when I'm discussing sound design with a director, I'm often using analogies to other mediums. I might talk about one particular moment being an extreme close-up and another being a wide shot, borrowing the language of cinema camera framing. Or I might talk about the palette of sounds that we might use. Often, we'll reference films or art exhibitions or music to try to find the way we talk about what we're trying to achieve. So the more you watch and see and visit, the more reference points you'll have to discuss your sound design. My name's Suze Cooper and I run Big Tent Media, which is an audio post-production company supporting uh, podcasters with their editing and show notes and uploads and marketing and strategy and all that kind of good stuff to do with audio. I've been working as a sound designer as well since around the end of 2019. It was really accelerated by the pandemic, of course, and um as a lot of other people did as well, I decided to jump on some courses, learn a bit more about it. It's something I'd always been interested in, uh, having worked in radio for quite a long time. I was the news editor of the local commercial radio station where I live here in Kent in the UK. And I was always fascinated by the imaging of radio stations and how you put together the sound of a station. And so that was my opportunity really to learn a bit more about sound design, learn a bit more about why different devices, you know, like our phones and our computers and all that kind of thing, why they make the sounds that they do and why we react to those sounds in the way that we do. It just completely fascinated me. So I basically read every book I could possibly find on the subject. And I also enrolled in a course with Point Blank Music School, which is a global school. They do have premises in London, but I did it all online and I studied with them. I studied their sound design course and then their advanced sound design course and came away with a distinction in those which I was thrilled about. I learned so much stuff. I learned all about how to um, program digital synthesizers. I used Massive. I used um, native instruments to create different sounds and also the idea of uh, field recording, how to do that, the best practices, the best stuff to use, the equipment to use, what I was looking for to get a really good recording so that I could come back into the studio and create um, kind of more immersive and experiential audio for people. And all of that was just incredible. I learned a great deal by doing that. So the most valuable skills I think you need to be a sound designer, the top one just has to be listening. You just need to listen an awful lot, whether that's to lots of different types of music, whether that's when you're walking down the street and whether that is actually reflective listening with your client in order to get to the actual real nub of what it is that that's needed from a project, you need to listen and you need to reflect back and you need to listen again. And so listening is absolutely the key skill for a sound designer. You need to get outside of your listening comfort zone and listen to all those things that you don't think you like. So quite often I'll put on like a random playlist from Spotify. And for me, that's research. It might, it won't be probably something that I might have chosen to listen to, but it certainly gives me a more rounded idea of what's out there, what people are listening to. So the misconceptions um, of what I do as a sound designer, I think sometimes people just don't imagine that sound design can be a job really. Am I a musician? No, I, I don't really put myself down as one. I play some instruments and I can certainly, you know, make some some sounds with different things. I, I play the guitar, I've got MIDI keyboards, I've got 
you know, modular synth set up, all of that kind of thing. But am I a musician? No. Am I a producer? Well, sort of. Um, and for me, it's kind of a really weird grey area because, yeah, I'm a, I'm a podcast producer and I can produce your podcast, but I can also do this other little kind of tangent thing that could add and enhance your podcast, which is around sound. Um you know, sound design sometimes on a podcast might not be music. We might be talking about, well, how do we get this this crowd sound mixed properly and in balance with what's being said with the dialogue so that we've got a more immersive experience? You know, how can we use this 360 audio to really bring someone into what we're talking about? So, yeah, it's a really weird grey area. I think people just don't think of it as, as a separate So I think it can be hard for people to work out what I do when I say I'm a sound designer. So one piece of advice I would give to aspiring sound designers is just to keep your ears open. Really, everything is a reference point. And one of the most useful things that you can really do is consider your own behavior and reaction to sounds. So stay alert to the sounds that you react to and just really think about what it is about that sound that makes you take the next action. Nice. It's so good to see the different types of work that exist within sound design. Different entry points and different approaches. There is no one way of being successful, but we should all know this by now in this industry. I want to learn more. I've had my appetizer and now I want to talk with someone at length. This time around, I get to speak with the amazing Axel Kakuti, a friend of mine and someone who I'm just an outright fan of. I first heard their work last year at the Audio Production Awards and I was hooked. Previously, the creative director of sound at The Guardian, their work has featured on BBC Airwaves, Spotify and in physical spaces like the Barbican and Sundance Film Festival. They've received the Grand Prix Nova, British Podcast Awards, Arius and many more. I wanted to speak with them and ask about their journey, how to become a sound designer and more. Thank you for joining me and welcome to the pod. I did ask you how you were, but how are you feeling today? <laughs> I'm feeling good. I'm feeling I'm feeling grateful for um, the slow pace that I'm intentionally trying to navigate in this world. Um, because yeah. yeah, man, like dealing with a couple of illnesses makes you put things into perspective, you know? So yeah, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm good, yeah, good, intentionally good. positive and grateful. So yeah. Awesome. How about yourself? You all right? Well, I'm good. I'm good. Um, you know, I've been waiting to get you in front of me, <laughs> um, virtually. So I'm excited and looking forward to the chat today. Um, so, you know, let's, let's get started, I guess. Um, yeah. so I always like to start off with letting the guest introduce themselves and letting the world know what they do. Wow. 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 It's, uh, <laughs> I like, I like answering this question by today. My answer is this. Um, so today <laughs> I'm going to say that, I mean, I'm grateful for the fact that there's one constant, which is my name, for now anyway. Um, Axel Kakutie. Um, I am an audio artist and poet. um, And what that means is essentially, I like to make magical, beautiful things um, and things that are intentionally, well, I I say magical and beautiful things, but things that are intensely just, uh, well, I, I have made a new resolution that I want to commit to um making people huh, 
I don't know why I just, just pause, but there's a, there's a, there's a there's an intention of discomfort, of uncomfortability and urgency, and you know I feel like just because something is magical and beautiful doesn't mean that it is wishy washy essentially. So it's trying to have trying to create, um, yeah, urgent and important um things that exist in the way that's uncompromising. Um, and it can still make you feel nice, but I I'm more interested in the things that yeah make you think <laughs> more so than ever really, yeah. based on things yeah. that have happened in my life as of late i'm just like nah i can't i can't have people think that what i make is just like i it's good to feel good and it's important for that but i feel like there's 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 yeah too many things are burning and yeah. dying for us <laughs> to just be yeah so yeah 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 and and in terms of you know sound design and audio work, mm. what kind of projects do you usually work on? I know I know you work on a lot of different things, yeah. but in in today's talks context, what mm. kind of projects do you usually work on? So projects that I work on, they are a mix between um, sound design and music composition. For uh, they could be either like one off pieces. Um, or um, I'm getting into my first audio drama, which is nice. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, but like your 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 series, whether it's um, recently, for example, like the series from Decode, which is essentially breaking down um, every breaking down a UK rap album um, and sound designing and bring it to life and working with the albums uh, music. So the latest last one was um, uh, Skepta's uh, Konnichiwa. Um, so that was a lot okay. of fun trying to like, yeah, um, use a palette, whether it's from the grime, the, a grime palette or a Japanese palette. Um, and being a, a fan of manga and anime, that was a very, um, uh, the two worlds was, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed um, bringing those two worlds together. Um, but yeah, sound designing for like, yeah, series, mini series, one off stuff, um, whether it's my stuff with documentaries, um, stuff like that, or, um, the new world of audio drama and audio fiction and, um, yeah, other talks. I'm sure there are other things that will come to mind that will, <laughs> come, that will yeah. come up in conversation. For a bit later. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. So where, where where did this passion come from? Like, when did it click in your head, this is what I want to do? <laughs> um, the, the mythology of that happened, it, like, the cheesy answer would be like, oh, I've always been doing it, and I guess it's like this thing of... Uh, <laughs> Um, waiting for the opportunities to come where I can, you know, use it as an excuse to say that, yeah, this is the moment I want to do it all my life. I, it's, it's in having conversations with people, um, whether it's mentoring folks or doing talks, I'm realizing that it is, it, there is a truth to the fact that I realize I have been interested in sound design specifically as well as um as well as music i've always been a music person um making music and i feel like that answer can be like oh at the age of 16 when i was first introduced to my first um music making software digital audio workstation cubase was the first thing um which um then after that fast forward to i forgot how old i was but working at the guardian um it became full circle because i i, I they worked on cubase so you know it's, it's a nice like welcome yeah. to that um, but yeah, my interest in sound design, I remember even as a kid, for example, I would, I'd pretend, I, I would, I would pretend to be a dinosaur from Jurassic Park. I would, <laughs> I would recreate the sounds that I heard in, um, Gundam Wing, one of the animes. And just like, I, and I yeah. even just like looking back at clips, Dragon Ball Z clips, I, 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 I realized how acutely I pay attention to the foley and the sound effects and um um how they make things sound the way they do and it's just like 
And sometimes like, oh, that's a curious choice. Why does it sound like a squeaking chair when a sword will come back or a footstep would be like that, for example? So there was always an unconscious interest in sound and how sound heightens things. Um, Well, professionally and I guess educationally, um, my interest happened um, or my desire to want to keep doing it happened when as soon as I discovered how I could, yeah, MIDI music, MIDI keyboards, um, music production, and then music production wasn't just music production because I wanted to create a world, a soundscape, a thing to feel immersive, immersed in. Um, and then um, I didn't know about radio production until I worked at The Guardian, really, to be honest. I realized, oh, so you guys, you guys do this stuff all the time. This is how you literally, okay, I, yeah. I took the wrong course. But I didn't really, but it was just like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> You know, and everything joyfully happened by accident in terms of just um, how people were responding to the stuff that I made. Um, but yeah, I yeah, I mean, I can yeah, I, I can I can get into that too, just in terms of just like how it was like I I, I made. Um, I remember there's a point in my career where I wanted to be when I wanted to move away from working with singer songwriters and. Um, work intentionally just as myself as an artist um, but I didn't know where to fit myself in the box and I had management and it was just kind of like I'm an artist but music is my medium apparently um, and but people didn't really know how to like categorize that so I had to do just do the things that will get me in the places that will get me with the with the people that make things happen but I, it felt like too much of a compromise of my own self and I felt like you know what I there's too much of myself that I want to figure out and expand on I can't I, it, it's, it feels too soon to settle on just one box um, so I I, I stepped away from it and um, sat on the projects that I made um, and I was like, I'd rather wait 10 years um, to release this thing than to prematurely do a thing that didn't feel right. Um, and at the time, what was paying the bills was working at um, a radio station as well as a, as a studio manager there. So that was okay. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was okay. <laughs> you can only listen to Racist for so long um, on this, on this radio station that I was listening, um, working on. Um, but um <laughs> Yeah, that's what paid the bills. And then, um, uh, but so like the, a project about, I was like, okay, I write poetry. I like, I can make my own music. Um, and um, I like building worlds. I, again, I didn't know the word sound design existed. So for me at that time it was like, yeah. I like making worlds. Um, so let me just make a project about that. And, you know, I saved a bit, worked with um, directors um, that were like, okay, yeah, I've got a project. Would you like to help me produce this thing and now my own pocket you know we'll, we'll get the gear film the stuff work around the concepts so, and that was fun and it became a thing where it's just like okay this is my digital business card I've got the poetry soundscapes and all that kind of stuff like that this is like all my all my skill sets can be you know, check this out SoundCloud it's there you can you can check it out um and yeah I'm glad that I made that because that was part of the reason why I was head on to the other Guardian to um, work at them um, today in focus because uh, yeah they were looking for someone who felt a lot more well who could creatively interpret um, the brief in terms of like, yeah, this narrative storytelling with the news that they were trying to create. I was like, okay, shit. Yeah. I mean, um, if mixing is, I enjoy mixing. So I'm going, I'm going to mix the shit out of all of this stuff and hear all the ambitions and they, they liked it. And yeah, yeah, I never looked back. And then after that, um, Eleanor McDowell from Falling Tree was like, um, Hey, yeah. Like how you mix. Have you, have you, do you have an idea or do you have things? I work on this thing called Shortcuts. 
Um, do you have any ideas or things that you've sat on and thought about that you'd like to share um, and, you know, check out the series? I was like, yes, okay. I've never heard of Shortcuts, but I'll check it out. Checked out a couple of stuff. So I'm like, mm, that sounds interesting. Um, I've got this idea that I've been sitting on for like three years. Um, decided, like, I was like, yes. And then I, I had something that I thought about for three years. I had three months to make. Um, and then that was the most agonizing thing, but then it was uh, the most, <laughs> like, it was literally a rewarding thing as well, because it was my radio debut that, um, got gold at this, um, international audio festival called Third Coast, which again, I never heard of before, but it was, it was really affirming and surprising to have folks respond to my work in the way that I did, whether it's sound design or whether it's, um, producing or storytelling which at the time, again, I didn't have the language for. It's just like, oh, just speak from the heart. Yeah. Um, and now I'm like... What's, okay. what's the process like in terms of like how much freedom do you have? From, for example, if I came to you and said, here's a project I'm working on. It could be an audio drama. It could literally be a podcast. Mm. What does the client normally give you and how much freedom do you have with that? And is there ever pushback? <laughs> I could, uh, there's definitely pushback. Um... There, there, there is also a language thing where, you know, you come to me with this this, this podcast idea and, you know, you say it it's a serious thing. It's all, or no, let's not think serious. Let's think, oh, it's a fun thing. It's about, it's about animals and cuteness and just how much like mm. we don't appreciate what they do. It's like, okay, cool, bubbly, fun. Um, Plicky plonk on the keyboard, sound design, find some sounds. And it's like, oh, not like that. I was like, oh, okay. What, 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 what did you mean then? Um, and that becomes a, a conversation, a dialogue. And sometimes, after, even after those conversations, I think I understood it. And they were like, okay, do something like this, and they will give me an example rather than, <laughs> and it just like, oh, your yeah. own creative initiative, which is fine. Um, I just find it frustrating, like artistically, sometimes where it's just like, oh, you, you, this is the wrong kind of happy. But I've actually found it <laughs> useful now to like use colors instead of words um so when if you joe and i was to say oh, i want this thing else about animals and we really appreciate it and i really want this to feel green and pink i'm like ah oh, okay tell me more about that and you know we then have a okay. conversation about the accuracy of what our subjective experience is or the desired effect about it is um i it depends on what at what point in my career you'd ask me about like creative freedom i think now there is I don't like it per se, but there is this thing of just like, oh yeah, actually you can magic it up. I don't really need to make the effort to explain to you. I'll just, I will just tell you the top line and you will get it, which is fine. Most of the time I do, mm. um, but I, yeah. it's not fun. I don't, I don't enjoy just assuming that I know what you're talking about um, because it makes it, it makes a difference. It's like if you, Joe, again, 10 came to me and say, yeah, this is the thing, work your magic. It's like, okay, I will work my magic and fine. You will probably like what I make, but I don't get much out of that creatively um, and interpersonally. So I'm very mindful about who I want to engage with now um, in that way, because I want to feel good about what I'm making rather than just a cog in a wheel um, or an afterthought, which is also another problem sometimes when people forget about sound in the process quite often. It's like, by the time they come to me, the thing is already <laughs> made. There's very little room yeah. for the sound design to also tell the story that you're trying to tell, which again is very important because it's, yeah, sound design is storytelling and it's part of the script. It's not just furniture or just decoration. It can, it can be an, it can be an integral part to the storytelling. Um, but yeah, yeah. Where where do you get your inspiration from, and how do you stop yourself from from becoming repetitive with sounds that you use? 
that's it. That's it. That's a good question because I think there is like a thing of like authorship. I do like certain sound. Well, if I say this, I'd have to use substantiate that, and I can't right now. <laughs> um, but I, there are there are styles in which I like to polish a thing, whether it's like with a reverb tail or whether there's a kind of like rhythmic. For, uh, there's a way that I like to follow the rhythm of speech or find the dramatic pauses in, for example, an opener of a podcast. I feel like it's like, oh, an actual way of doing this will be speech, 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 drop, then we're back in or something. Like, I don't know. Something. There's a kind of pattern that I know that I kind of realize that I do. And it's hard to, it's hard, it's hard to kind of articulate because I know because again, I need to be stimulated in what I do. I tend not to, Otherwise, I get bored quickly. Um, I I yeah. try to find ways to switch it up as much as possible, so I can yeah. But if I get if I want to get a job done, it's like okay, I'll do this, 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 and this, and that works, and that's fine. Um, could you remind me the, the the beginning part of that question, the first part of the question? Um, so the inspiration. Where do you get your inspiration, inspiration from? From um, music, more than anything, I realize how because I have a music making background, used to work with singer songwriters and rappers and stuff like that, there, there is a, a lot of uh, conceptual album works, um, whether it's hip hop or whether it's electronic stuff, or um, I, I like the way music, the um, vocals are an instrument in itself. Um, and I think I really treat my mixes in the same way. Yeah, in that kind of painting with the vocals as an instrument rather than the vocals is the thing that sits on top of everything else kind of thing like that. Um, everything is horizontal and mixed and, in, and, and involved as opposed to a layer or hierarchical, a hierarchical approach. Um, so that's something in terms of like music, music mixing that I find inspiring so things that i just find fun in that way um it's one way films and cartoons i i i really enjoy the experimentation um with that and especially animated cartoons i i really enjoy how they play with sound i think um because of my three-year-old <laughs> i was going to use my three-year-old son but <laughs> actually i just i like watching that kind of stuff so it's it's like it's yeah. almost kind of like <laughs> my son is a reason <laughs> it's an excuse to shamelessly so yeah. shamelessly yeah. indulge it in indulging it again um but yeah like i'm looking forward to watching super mario um the film and uh spider-verse um, across the spider-verse 2 because i just know the sound's going to be sick um and I feel like, yeah, that's so that kind of cinematic inspiration um, is another thing that um, I take from, I draw from. And also as well, I'm really interested in the psychology of sound and how we as humans interact with vibration. Um, and I think those kind of like, whether it's um, books on um, indigenous relationships with the world or just like quantum stuff or sources where they talk about how how we relate to phenomena um i find that really interesting because i feel like there's a real yeah subconscious um relationship with sound that people don't know that we we don't know that we do and i think the best way i can illustrate that is it's kind of like depending on the type of podcast you want to create there's a difference between now and now you know, in terms of rhythm and when we hit the next thing and all that kind of stuff like that it, there's something that happens to the body that you realize that 
oh, I'm meant to take in this this piece of information for just a little bit longer rather than just move on to the next thing kind of thing. Not neither of them are wrong, but there's a desired effect and I feel like yeah, you can you can feel it. So yeah, connect the body with the sound and how you process things and I think you've got a completely different experience. How how do you draw that hard line between I'm making a beat versus I'm making a soundscape for this this audio um all these vocals that i'm working on in the context of it's not a song and you've been asked to make music but is there a part of you that's like has to physically stop yourself because this might be sounding a bit too beat like or (laughs) or does it not matter does it as long as it works it works i think um the hard line is the brief and the energy from the person i'm collaborating with if it's something that's myself um i struggle to i i i if for example that question about making a hard line i will get to decide where that hard line is um and if if yeah so if it's something for me and if it sounds like a beat it sounds like something that feels more musical than radio or audio um then that's fine because that's something i set myself but if i just want to express something um let's say again okay so uh, about about the school run and i want to intentionally think play with rhythm of cars and um the the flashing lights and road rage and all these kind of things like that maybe it does make sense for it to feel like a beat to then in it, uh, to use rhythm as a kind of gravity to then show what it's like then to descend when the rest red mist cla- when the red mist descends for example a, a heavier musical motif may make sense but if i tell myself with that same subject that actually you know what it's just going to be pure sound and soundscapes and um and field recordings um and i'm going to <laughs> see it's hard because I was, i'm still thinking of rhythm um within yeah. all those things to kind of do that so like maybe again but those would be like the assignments that i would give myself to to kind of like limit because i do find yeah like with limits they are with limitations you do find creative solutions that you may not have if you just unconsciously just do what feels if you think you if you're doing what you that just feels good and like that's great but again i get bored quite quickly so i i need to feel like i'm involved in this rather than just like an unconscious creation sometimes yeah Sometimes. yeah so what's the what's the weirdest thing that you've been asked to do sound wise like what's the weirdest way that you've created a sound Whoa. What's the weirdest thing? That's really interesting because it's like my oops, my relationship with weird. I kind of like almost hope that people will let me get weird. Well, um, un- unconventional, unconventional. Unconventional. That's a be- probably a better word, yeah. Okay. Unconventional. An unconventional way I've like made a sound or mixed a sound or done a thing. I think I would say I really enjoy... I actually really enjoy... Okay, what feels unconventional? Okay, I will answer this in the hope that something else also comes up, but my answer, the answer that comes to mind is like I really enjoy using sounds that are badly recorded or sounds that are, like, aren't recorded on a professional microphone and okay. um, then mixed in the way that it's like, oh, you know, that actually sounds okay or, oh, that is... Um, 
that it actually adds a texture. I really, I really like that because it it subverts this whole idea of professionalism and like you know people spending like five thousand pounds on a microphone that you can't even tell that that sounds better than something recorded on your phone. Um, so that's one side of things in terms of like that feels like traditionally unconventional, like using interviews from people who have recorded, um, who are yeah on, recorded on the phone or something like that. But in terms of like, um, hold on, there's a sound. I'm just picking up is that Maz. Okay, great. Um, yeah, in terms of like unconventional, in terms of like what feels um, weird and unfamiliar, I'm sure in terms of when I make soundscapes or montages of like things I feel um, <laughs> like, mm, okay, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I know examples of how other people have done it, but I can't think of something head like something that I've done. But this, this, the kind of stuff of like when they, when they use animal sounds, particular animal sounds to achieve a desired effect, like a scared horse. Okay, as an example, I haven't done this, but I just use this as an example, which is like a sound designer who would um, use a horse neighing and before they charge, for example, <laughs> like horse people would say that that's, there's a particular neigh that a horse does that they only do, a male horse only does when they are aroused and about to have sex with yeah. a, um, a female horse. Um, so a, a, a horse naturally wouldn't make that sound. You can you can prod it, you can do this. It would never make that sound mm. unless it's about it's about to have sex. Um, but it's used quite often a lot in 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 in, in films, and you would you would you would never know. So I guess it's. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I really want to give an. I really have to like. Dig I feel my, like you just don't want to give your secrets no, away. No, it's like I really, <laughs> I really feel like I have done something in terms of like using a laugh or using a sound or a thing yeah. that in a way that whether it's like I reversed it, I pitched it. You would never know. It could be me yeah. singing or something. Like that. I know I've done something like that, but I just can't think of the top of my head, man. I may come back. I may come back at some point. No problem. But yeah. Okay, so. If there's people out there that you know want to go down the 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 the, tr- the path of sound designer, what as advice would you give them, and what are the steps that maybe you would have done differently in the past to uh, get you to where you are now? I would say if you're if you're interested in it, don't get bogged down. Don't get bogged down in, are you using the right things? Are you using the right mm. software? Are you doing like, it's just like you've got the vision, you've got the thing in your heart, whether it's a visual sound design thing, whether it's audio fantasia that you want to create, um, find the free stuff and play with the free stuff. There's loads of free stuff out there um, and just play. And if it's, if it's stuff that's just like, um, don't again if <laughs> I say again but like if you if you just want to create and test and see if this is for you don't worry about the legals of just like just use it because you're not going if you're not going to use it for commercial thing and you're doing it for yourself and maybe you share it on SoundCloud for some friends to listen to um, then do it you know because you're not intentionally saying hey this is that this source is this is like all of that all of that red tape just gets in the way of the creativity mm-hmm. I kind of like liken it to the same way when you're trying to write I act- actively turn off like spell check now because I get annoyed seeing that I've spelled something wrong or said something wrong I just need to get the idea out yeah um, so like rem- disable the um, spell check in your creative process that allows you to and that that will just enable you to um, make the thing that you want to make and then worry about all the technicals afterwards is something I would say with that don't get bogged down with the technicals whatever program you they all do the same thing just different shortcuts yeah um, 
and yeah, share it. Like, see, share it with folks that you trust or trust folks that you feel like will give feedback that you value. It's terrifying. You, it doesn't get easier feedback. It doesn't. It really, really doesn't. Um, so you may as well, <laughs> may as well just like accept that and just get into it and just find the people that, um, yeah, that that matters to you. That whose opinion you value um, in that way. And also, there are like I feel like in the audio world as well, specifically there are. Um, the so-called people who have big, who are the big names, you never know. Just email them, find their website, and just say hello, mm. grab a coffee. You know, I, I feel like all your folks are happy to connect every now and then. I feel like it's a nice little balance between, like, yes, I'm going to socialize, and okay, I'm done socializing, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go now. It's like, yes, okay, that's fine, and you don't need to be weird about it or like have like five hours of drinks or something like that just to overcompensate with the fact that they feel bad that they want to yeah. end it now. So. Do the thing. Do the thing. Um, you're gonna be <laughs> Axel fine. said it. Do the thing. Yeah. That's, that's, that's all you need to do. <laughs> just do the thing. And share it. Like, yeah, you just gotta, you just gotta, because you don't know yeah. who's watching. Um, and I think that's, that's, you know, that's, that, that's, there, there is a usefulness in that social media Very stuff true. too. Um, Very true. So share it because it excites you and, you know, that's, that's the case, you know, and be honest with that. And yeah, man. But an excuse to geek out. I feel like, you know, we pretend to be cool and serious and all that kind of stuff like that. But come on. Yeah, we can we can have fun with it. So, mm. yeah. Well, <laughs> again, thank you for taking time out today. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to hear what's next for Maxwell. <laughs> I'm sorry, right, well, I'm, I'm always reminding myself. But yeah, no, thank you, Joe. Appreciate yeah, it. Thank you very much. And um, yeah, I'll put all your information below so we can check you out. So if you get some fan mail, it was for me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Cool. So what did I take away from today's conversation? Learn to take direction. When first starting off, you're going to be working from briefs. Briefs, briefs, briefs. Although the name of the game is to be creative, you are still going to need to fulfill all of a client's expectations. Think out of the box. Eat, drink, and sleep sounds in every aspect. What do certain emotions sound like to you and why? How would you make that sound? Sound design is around us all the time and it's your job to interpret that as accurately as possible. And finally, there's no rule book. If sound design is your passion and it's something you want to do, then do it. Start today. There are lots of free talks, programs and resources online that you can try your hand at to see if it's for you. What are you waiting for? Thank you, Axel, Susie and Gareth for taking time out for this episode. I barely scratched the surface with this topic. So if you do want to find out more, you can always reach out. You can find their details as always below. What can I say? We have come to the end of another season. I want to thank everyone that joined me this season as a guest, the sponsors who have supported me, and most of all, a big thanks to you for listening. Season three will be back in a few weeks with more amazing topics and people. That's it for this adventure and season two. Bye.